Peace, family. I'm CV. Welcome to my podcast. Hey, I just want to say sorry, sorry, sorry. My last podcast was a little too long. Uh, Again, I want to try to keep them down between like right around five minutes. So I apologize. It was just so much, you know, and I had my dates mixed up, man. Sunday. I know why I was talking so much because it was raining and cold here in Kobe, Japan, man. Okay, so today is Happy Valentine's Day. Yes, sir. Episode 20, uh, season three, episode 21, right? So now um, I was reading the article from John Henry Clark, and I was talking about that Nubian king, King Pianki, okay, or they call him Pi, Ki, P-I, P-I. Okay, King Pianki, I want to read about him today. The Nubian King Pianchi reigned from 741 CA to 712 BC, began the quest of Lower Egypt, which resulted in the establishment of the 25th or Ethiopian dynasty of pharaohs. This was one of the few times in African history when a state from the interior of the continent played a role in the politics of the Mediterranean. Yeah, right. (laughs) What I mean by that is, of course, this is a European writing this uh, story, right? So you got to remember, everything started from Africa, and then the invaders took over. Okay, here we go. Pianchi was a hereditary ruler of the kingdom of Kush on the upper Nile in what is now the northern Sudan. About 741 B.C., he succeeded his father, Kaishta, who seems to have founded this Nubian kingdom. By this time, Lower Egypt had been in full decline for almost half a millennium. The Egyptian state was torn by interior power struggles among petty rulers, so the situation was ripe for a strong invader to take over. Pianchi moved steadily down the Nile, conquering towns one by one. By 721 BC, he was in possession of, wow, Heraclepolis. And finally, he captured Hippolis in the Delta. At this point, Pianchi regarded the conquest of Egypt as complete, and he returned home to Kushite capital in. Napata, after placing the Egyptian ruler in tributary status. He was received in Napata with much acclaim for having humiliated the former Egyptian overlords of Nubia. By the tribute states, which he left soon fell under the sway of a local ruler named Tinefiki, who reasserted Egyptian dependency. A great deal is known about the details of Pianchi campaign because he built a huge steel in Amun with a lengthy inscription. This account is regarded as unusual, rational, and living by modern Egyptianologists. Just like the Nubian rulers who followed him, Pianchi was culturally very conservative and he sought to strengthen some of the inter. Uh, 
constituents which were undergoing decline, uh, institutions, okay? So he sought to strengthen some of the institutions which were undergoing decline in Egypt. In this brief time, he was in lower Egypt. He oversaw the restoration restoration of some crumbling, crumbling temples. Upon his return to Cush, he introduced the Egyptian custom of building pyramids for royal uh, mausoleums, and he had a great pyramid built for himself in Kuru, south of Napata, on the Nile. He rebuilt the temple at Jeba Barka and also built a number of other temples in Egyptian in the Egyptian South. Curious, all the Egyptian sources dwelt on Peniki's love for fast horses. He instituted the practice of decorating teams of horses to pull royal chariots and remains of a team of horses were found in his tomb of uh, at the Kura. So he had some some horses in his tomb. Okay, so that's the great king Pinanki, the Nubian king who ruled the Egyptians, right? From the which is now called Sudan. Yes, sir, yes, sir. So again, happy Valentine's Day. Today is Monday. Yesterday was Sunday. Right on, right on. Hey, thank you for listening to my podcast and peace. Family!